KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for uh, tuning in here this morning, coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, we will start uh, the guest list with our friend Bill Bender from uh, the Sporting News. Get back into college football with Bill, uh, and we'll be uh, we'll have plenty of good stuff to ask him because, folks, in front of both my partner Trent Condon and myself, is Phil Stills College Football nineteen twenty two two thousand and twenty two uh, College Football Preview. Uh, good stuff. Forgot my magnifying glass, but we'll muddle through it. All right, uh, muddle through it today. Uh, Bill Bender on college football. First guest at eleven oh five. Look forward to speaking with Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, um, who's really impressed me. Uh, the limited amount of times I have heard him, I don't think he's long for Triple A baseball if indeed that's the path that he chooses i uh, does a terrific job i uh, heard him last week or the week before as marquee did a game uh from principal park and a uh, good baseball man good baseball mind he'll join us at 1105 alex cohen as the i cubs begin a homestand they are here through the weekend um lots of fun at the old ballpark uh, for your holiday weekend so alex cohen will join us at 1105 and then with july 1st looming we thought we would get up to speed on all of the changes that await us sports wagering participants here in the state of iowa all of the changes the new rules that will be in place the cans and still cannots uh, that uh, are going to be out there as of july the one is the governor signed the law it or the legislation it has now become law so brian arilko from the iowa racing and gaming commission will get us up to speed on what we can do and what still is uh, out of bounds as far as um, our wagering opportunities. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? A week, uh, a day off, but not exactly the kind of day <laughs> off that you want. No, you know what? Um, it's not fun. No. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad people put themselves through it. I, it's, it's cancer screening prevention, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I was kind of on the fence on on Sunday. You know, I don't want to do this. How am I going to get out of this? Right? <laughs> I'm I know scheme. you. Right, I'm starting to scheme. Uh-huh. And as I've gotten older, and I'm sure you'll people in the audience will start doing this too, I start reading the obituaries yeah. at the Des Moines Register. Who do I know? Right, right. And I've lived here more than half of my life. Now, yeah. I never went to school here, sure. but I'm starting to know people, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sadly. And... Um, and I came across one that I knew that knew the name, so I clicked on it. Forty-eight-year-old guy, it died of colon cancer. So what's that telling you? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So um, my scheming, my conniving, came to a screeching halt, and I, um, you know, did the prep work. This is the stuff you have to drink. It's just awful. You you would think that somebody. In, in all the time we've been doing this, would come up with a better way to get us to to empty us out, to get us to that point, right? Can't you make it beer into, flavored or something at the very least? You know, Trent, I'm I'm proud of myself in that regard too. I cannot remember, or I couldn't remember, 
maybe 2014. I don't know how long it's been since I hadn't had a beer on no. any given day. I mean, I drink every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. Not a lot. No, not two, two beers, mm-hmm. two and a half. Um, but every day. I never had eight thirty came. It hit differently. Yeah, I bet. And there was nothing. I just, I just um, abstained. I so I was a good patient, if you will. Um, but you know, um, I know everybody doesn't want to get them. I understand why you don't. But boy, oh boy, that just uh, that kind of jolted me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Reading this person I, that I think I've met, uh, cross paths with. I mean, a huge cyclone. He's a sports fan, high school sports, um, Iowa State, and. Um, he passed the colon cancer. You're going. Anyways, so uh, I missed uh, game well, I missed game six. Thank yeah. God that ESPN Plus had it on my laptop as I was in a different uh, viewing situation on Sunday <laughs> night. But um, Stanley Cup has come and gone. Congratulations to you. You hit your ticket at yes. four, four, what, four and a half to one? Yeah, plus 440. Plus yeah. 440. Uh, so roughly that. So you hit your ticket. I cashed a whole bunch of futures on, uh, on the Colorado Avalanche. The, the, the best, the right team won. The right team won. Um, Tampa Bay, the, I, I just think the rigors of you know, those long playoff runs th- that they've had the last couple of years and getting to the final this year on a more of a veteran team, I think it took its toll. We saw a coming out party of um, maybe one of the next greats in the game, a guy that's going to force you to place him amongst the best playing right now in Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. I mean, good God, he wins the Norris Trophy, and a couple of nights later, the Conn Smythe is he's hosting, hoisting the Stanley Cup. What a trio. And this kid's, what, 23 years old? Um, the Lanch aren't going away. The Lanch aren't going away. Uh, if you're a fan of a team in the Central Division, Blackhawks fans, Blues fans, Panthers fans, and the one other Winnipeg Jet fan, that I, two that reside in the market. Because <laughs> somebody's got WPGJET on their license plate. Okay, so there's another out in there. In Dallas County. Oh. Winnipeg Jet. I'd love to meet the dude. Must, I don't know. But um, anyways, yeah. so the cup comes and goes, but congratulations to you on hitting your ticket. Yeah. Did you get to watch any of it? I watched quite a bit of it. Yeah, game uh-huh. six. Didn't see much of game five, but 2-1, and it didn't even feel that close. No, and they just completely shut down yeah. Tampa in the third period. They just smothered them. So McKinnon, Rantanen. Yeah. Landeskog. Are we talking about a potential dynasty in Well, they're all young, Trent. They are. Here's the thing. <laughs> they got to get a goalie. Yeah, they went. That's this. Them winning the Stanley Cup is akin to the Ravens winning with Trent Dilfer. That's how it is. I got you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, no offense to Trent Dilfer. No offense to Darcy Kemper. But they won in spite of their quarterback, the Ravens, and in spite of their goalie. Uh, he was good when he had to be Kemper on on Sunday night. But um, there's a potential upgrade there. It has to be financially. Well, I, mean, I don't know about their finance because you got to pay these guys sooner yeah. or later. They're, McKinnon's on a friendly contract. McCarr, obviously. You go back uh, a decade is, and look at the Blackhawks and what they had to yeah, do precisely, and, and, and look where they are now because they did they make a mistake paying Evander Evander uh, Kane, uh, Patrick Kane, and Jonathan Taves. Potentially. Mm, at, at 2022, it looks like they did, right? But you're doubling down and you're keeping that window open as yeah. long as possible. And you're right. keeping those stars happy and, and then just trying to fill in the pieces. But this is not a salary cap like the NFL, where it seems right. like there's a lot more flexibility. Or MLB and go over it and pay a tax. <laughs> or the NBA, where yeah. the Golden State Warriors are going to have a $400 million tax wow. hit in the upcoming season. Unbelievable. $400 million of free money mm-hmm. for the NBA. Not too bad. No, indeed it isn't. Um,
How about the Cubs cards get serious this weekend, right? One of our clocks is, will the Cardinals sweep the Cubs? <laughs> well, uh, the Cubbies go in and take two or three out of the Redbirds, uh, from the Redbirds. Look, there's not going to be a lot to cheer for for Cubs fans this year, but that was certainly one of those things. Um, one of the one of the weekends that they got a little comeuppance, if they will, uh, before your team is gutted. The guys that, you know, what's left of, whether it be Hap, whether it be Contreras, whoever, uh, not going to look the same once the tread deadline has come and gone, but... Um, Anyways, for at least one weekend, it was good. One weekend, it was good. I, and honestly, I didn't watch a ton of it. I just I, I flipped over a couple of times, but didn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, really, the biggest story that came out of it for me is Jack Flaherty, A. Yeah, leaving the game. Because he's on my fantasy team. And Ooh. B, just because of how impactful he can mm-hmm. be. With a, a right Jack Flaherty, the Cardinals can beat yes. good teams. Yes. They can beat the Braves. They can beat the Dodgers. Yeah, they got to have a lot of things go right. Mm-hmm. But you have that guy, when he's at his best... You feel like you got a chance. Now shut down again. Right. After sitting out the first two months, you get two bad starts. Mm-hmm. And now he's right back to the shelf. With the same thing that shut him down and prevented him oh, it's from... Oh, it's a different area yeah. of the shoulder. Mm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Look, fingers crossed it's good news. Cardinals are you know, the second most popular team in the market. Yeah. Um, third miss maybe is the Minnesota Twins. They had a convincing win last night as they started a big series. But Trent, I think that, look, it's not a... A needle mover to talk about a pitching coach in Major League Baseball. I get that. It's also June the 28th. I hope the audience gets this. Um, But this is a weird situation, right? So the pitching coach of the Minnesota Twins, who his name is? Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson. How many pitching coaches do you know their name? Very few. Very few. Maybe the team you root for, and I say maybe. Right, right. <laughs> you know their manager, but not unless it's a famous you know player that uh, meant something to you and he's their bench coach or something. You don't uh, – uh, Mike Maddox with the Cardinals. Leo Mazzoni, that was the one name that, that I knew was for one of them forever. a couple decades, yes, right? Yes, Because you'd see Bobby Cox, and yep. they'd always talk about Leo Mazzoni. Loved Leo Mazzoni. Absolutely. But it was a rarity yep. to know that. So this is a little guy. Mel Stottlemyre. There's another one. Yes, absolutely. And well, he had his sons up pitching uh, in the big with the Mar- uh, Marlins, I think. Yeah. I think he's a pitching coach for the Marlins. Anyways. But uh, Wes Johnson is a guy, when they hired him four years ago, they get him out of the SEC. He had bounced around a little so bit. So he was in college he prior to. He was a college coach. Gotcha. Yeah. He was at Arkansas. He was at a couple other stops and was renowned in the college ranks as a big-time pitching coach. Mm-hmm. But this is something that had never happened in Major League Baseball, where a pitching coach goes from college to becoming the head guy. Right. Yeah, you'll get a job. You'll One get a job. In the, but you're not going to get that job. The Twins did that. Yeah. And Falvey and Levine, the front office staff for the Minnesota Twins, at the time, it was much maligned. What are you doing? Nobody's <laughs> ever done this. This is mm-hmm. going to be a disaster. And short of last season, which was a disaster all the way through for the Twins, he's been excellent. Chris Archer said yesterday, this is the best pitching coach that I've ever had. Uh, watching the performance. And he seemingly has turned Archer back, not to what he was, but as close as he's been he's, in some time. He's very, it's been uh-huh. a great reclamation yeah. project of what they've been able to do with him. Sonny Gray, after his great performance last night, said, We'd fight, we'd argue, but I respected him. I want to go out one more time with him as my pitching coach. He said that last night after the game. This is a guy that's well respected. Uh, the, listening to a lot of the players and Rocco Baldelli, the head manager, you know, they said, there's a lot of tears. There was a lot of anger. There was all these things that were happening here. Ultimately, Wes Johnson made this decision, well, twofold. Financial, mm-hmm. which he goes from making $380,000 a year and basically doubles it to $750,000. <laughs> at LSU. $750,000 at LSU. And here's the thing. 
He is not the highest paid pitching coach in college baseball. That's bizarre. He's now number three on that list, which is wild in its own right. So as much money as Major League Baseball, here, here's my question to you. Why, why didn't the Twins just write him a check? And that's the exact same response Did that he I give him that opportunity? I would think not. And what is kind of coming through the cracks a little bit and, and reading and listening to a couple of the people on the Twins beat, they mentioned that he's from the South. He wanted to go home. Okay. Minnesota winners weren't exactly anything. I mean, he pitches in the summer. He doesn't. Go, there's no baseball in January. You can, yeah, you can move, right? You, can, you don't have to live in Minneapolis during yeah. the wintertime, but there's still things that need to be done, and I think that was a part of it, but also his family, and he wanted to go back to his roots and, and go back and raise his family, uh-huh. a young family, where he grew up. So that was a piece of it. The financial aspect. Yeah, the Twins, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You're a great pitching coach. We will match that. We will make you right. that kind of offer. I don't know if that was anything that would have swayed him one way or the other. But the other interesting part of this story is this happening right now. Precisely. Because if he gets hired by the Yankees, okay, that happens in November. Uh That's fine. Uh You're in the middle of a pennant race. You're in first place. You're fighting for the division. Precisely. And he's gone after this series Uh because of recruiting that's happening right now in the college ranks. And because of that, he needs to go and take that job and walk into living rooms and say, hey, you know, the Major League Baseball you want your son to go to? I was just there. Yeah. Now I know gonna, what it takes. Now I'm going to coach him. Yeah. I'm going to coach your guy. Still Obviously not, makes not, a lot not a good look. look no. Um, you signed your contract for the year. The Twins I, also not very happy with LSU. This is not the way that you do things, going yeah. after somebody in the middle of their contract. Right. Uh, there is a Obviously, lot of you get out because there's... But what are you going to do? What's the repercussions? Yeah. What, what are the Twins going to do to LSU? He's pissed off. Right. And, and yeah. I mean, there's... There's nothing that can happen. There's nothing Major League Baseball can do to LSU. Is There's this nothing. tortious interference? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's a term I've heard. But you're going to keep him there? Yeah, it doesn't want to be there. Yeah, it it just doesn't work. It's just such a weird, interesting uh-huh. story, though. I mean, Minnesota sports again, right? Yeah. Hey, you're cruising along. You're looking like a first-place team, and suddenly, mm-hmm. and now you're pitching coaches leaving to who go is, to college. Right. Who is respected um, by all, mm-hmm. in, or was, uh, in in that in that clubhouse, well, it's certainly a weird story. I uh, didn't, I'd never heard of it before. I don't. Well, I don't think I've heard of it before. A coach who's actually leaving mm-hmm. um, a major league team to go back to college. I could see, you know, if there's uh, upheaval in a um, in with a team, a team's underachieving, and you pluck a coach from college after their season to get to the get to the big leagues. Yeah, I could certainly see that. But going the other way. And you don't see that very often. Twins have a big day today, too. they got a double dip against uh, Cleveland, a team that is in hot pursuit. Uh, let's get Rick in here. He'd like to join us. Rick, welcome to the program. How are you, Rick? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Good, thank you. What's up? Well, so I am happened to be growing up in Minnesota, a Twins fan, but also a LSU baseball fan, so... Kind of a weird yeah, combination, is, but we'll take how it. How do you take this news, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> this is very good news. So uh, they actually tried to hire uh, Coach Johnson, Coach Jay Johnson, the new LSU baseball coach a year ago. Try hiring him a year ago, and just he wasn't ready to make the move a year ago uh, during the season. But evidently, this time around, uh, he was ready to make the move. His base salary is three eighty five, so. Uh, even the LSU fans are wondering where the other incentive money is coming from to get to that number. But, oh. um, yeah, I, I read the published uh, salary base that 
least they had to put out initially. Right. It was free and yeah. So uh, radio shows are being, we know how coaches make their, you know, their, their, they double their base in a lot of cases. Um, you know, in, bas- in basketball or die where Iowa State, whatever, mm-hmm. um, through, camps. through all the, the camps, et cetera. Yeah. So that, that's certainly interesting. So, um, are, are you more pissed off as a Twins fan than you are happy as a Ti- LSU Tiger fan? Uh, you know, torn. Like All right. Uh, I, I love both. But actually, I probably follow college baseball more than I do M- MLB baseball. baseball so, mm-hmm. uh, my daughter was there, so I've been able to see more LSU baseball games. And uh, it's been a few years since I've been to a Twins game. Gotcha. Uh, Rick, listen, Got thanks for listening. Appreciate you chiming in. Thank you. Yep, good to hear from you. Uh, it's interesting. How about that combo? Yeah, growing up in the Twin Cities and um, <laughs> rooting for LSU, uh, LSU college ba- uh, baseball. All right, so the other news I wanted to touch on, not big news, but um, Thursday night football is kind of, I think, uh, putting their team together on the prime, what do they call it, Amazon Prime. Yes. We knew that Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit were going to be a part of it. Now Carissa Thompson is going to be their uh, pre- and post-anchor. They put together a pretty solid team. Tony Gonzalez, Richard Sherman, and Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. will be the um, the talking heads, if you will. Three guys that... I mean, Gonzalez has been gone for what now? I don't know. Been gone for a while. Yeah. Richard Sherman last year did he did he try to play and, and couldn't answer the bell? Did he come back last year and yes. couldn't and couldn't answer the bell? I think that's what it was. I think it is too. And then of course Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, who was last seen with his shirt off at a Bills playoff game last year after his season finished up. So some recency joining the booth there. Look, I'll say this about him: they um, and and why. Anything that's got Amazon's name on it, you shouldn't be surprised that they're sparing no expense. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's worth a, worth a go, right? Well, and one thing that I heard is the NFL, because this is a standalone product. This is a live product, something that you don't get on Amazon Prime at all. They don't have live sports. So they wanted to make sure, though, it wasn't, all right, flip on the game at 7.15. The NFL said if we're going to do this deal... You also need to have a studio show. You need to have a build-up. You need to have a professional product leading into it, not just flip on the game, here Uh we go. They wanted to make sure that it was a pregame show and that they spent, and they went out and did that. It's been very interesting uh, watching this. You know, I I love sports media in general. You do, too. Mm -hmm. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, John Oran, uh, Andrew Marshawn, those kind of guys, and uh, heard an interview with Fitz a couple of weeks ago. He's going to be really good, I think. I think he is, too. I think he's going to be really, yeah. really good. He's going to be a guy we're going to watch. I, I doubt I'm going to have it on a ton, but maybe you just flip it on at 6 o'clock and just kind of lead into the game on Thursday nights if there isn't anything big going on. And I think this is going to be a guy suddenly you're going to see. Well, don't get too into it because you're going to have to take my panic phone call because I can't figure it out. <laughs> no, Scrunch has got to figure that out for you. I'm not making the drive to Ankeny on a Thursday to try to help you out. I can talk you through it a little right. bit. You'll be all right. I know. We'll do a test run. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it all figured out there. I think Fitz is going to have maybe a more high-profile job, a, a job that's going to be coming. Just listening to him, I think he gets it. Mm-hmm. And and we look around, who's going to be the next great? And we see what Tom Brady's going to do. And Drew Brees What's he going to do? I don't think great. I, I don't think he's going to be I, we've seen a star it. right away like Romo. Okay, yeah, he, that's fair, because Romo was instant. Yes. I mean, yeah. It was it, something we'd never yep. seen before. And yep. I remember watching the Hall of Fame game. Mm-hmm. Did they do it or were they practicing? I think they set up a kind of a portable temporary booth for him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Nance to do the game, and they somehow we got a little bit of it. I said, this is going to be pretty good. Yeah. And you could tell right Instantly. away. Instantly. It was different. Yep. It was good. It was entertaining. Now, has it gone too far? I think it has. Yes. Yeah. I think it's kind of worn out a little bit. And I don't know if he's putting in the work that he once did. You know, it, it seemed like he was ready to go, and mm-hmm. I think that's a question. I mean, he's he's missed a lot of big moments here as of recently. But for a guy like Tom Brady... Is he going to be the funny guy that we see on social media? That's well, easy to do because you know what? Yeah. If the take didn't work, you do it again because you got a yeah. social media team and you got a lot of people. This mm-hmm. is off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And can he be good off the cuff? Now, that's another thing that a lot of people wonder with Peyton Manning. And can he criticize? Well, and that, that's a big piece too. But for Peyton Manning, it was, yeah, he was great on SNL. He was great in these commercials, but it was just that. Is he going to be able to do that over three hours? Well, we saw him do it a different way last year with the Manning cast. And it was really good. Mm -hmm. And Tom Brady was really good when he was with the Mannings on the Manning cast. But that's a different one. Can you make succinct points? Can Uh you make them in 20 seconds? Can you get in, get out, do those kind of things and make it in an interesting way? And something that you haven't heard before, I'm still not sure if Tom Brady can do that. I would bet no. Mm. I would bet he's going to be a Paid him a lot of money, Trent. (laughs) They did. Now, you remember, it's not just about the 22 games he does a year. right. And Fox looked at it as an opportunity when you're going to the big stand-ups when you're talking to your advertisers every single year, mm-hmm. you have Tom Brady there. Mm-hmm. And he's shaking the hands deals. with Microsoft and yeah. Pepsi and every yeah. other organization that's out there. And the, the big buyers, hey, you want to come hang out with Tom Brady? That's also a big part of what they were doing. And I think why they wanted to be in the business with Tom Brady. It's not just what he's going to do with the game. I think it'll be fine. It'll be all right. But you're also getting thrust into that role. It's, mm-hmm. it's not starting like John Madden did. He wasn't on no, the A team right was, away. He was way down the list. He, he worked his way up and right. turned into. If your team was five and eleven, you got John Madden the first year. That's what it was, yes. and we see these guys that build up and create what they become ultimately. Mm-hmm. Chris Collinsworth, I mean, go Don back, Cricky and Steve Tasker. That's you, who he was. Right. You go back to the beginning. Collinsworth was not an A team. No. Wow. He worked his way up. You get those reps, mm-hmm. you get better. Likewise with Aikman, but that's not going to be the case nope. with Brady. He's going to go into that number one chair. And I think that's going to be because of all the eyeballs. And there's a lot of haters out there, too. That's going to make, make it, I think, even more mm-hmm. difficult for Brady to be a beloved commentator, if you will. Yeah. Well, we'll certainly see. All right, uh, 1025. By the way, before um, I forgot to ask you this before when I, when I saw you first. Did Doc mention anything uh, when he had Scott Dockerman yesterday about the Big Ten media deal? Does, did he say anything that they're close? Didn't get into that yeah, at okay. all with him, yeah. Remember when we said we heard it was going to be Memorial Day? You're right. Well, we're a month past that. Right. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah, there's got to be something coming waiting. soon. Uh, there is uh, some news out of the Big 12 that uh, I, I think is great, and I've advocated for go outside the box, mm-hmm. Big 12. You know, take a page from what the Pac-12 did uh, with Klyavkov taking him from MGM. Brett Yormark is his name. He is the chief operating officer of Rock Nation. Uh, he's he's and it's not. I mean, he's been everywhere, right? He's done a lot of things. NASCAR, yes, NASCAR, Barclays Sports Entertainment. I love this hire. I instead of just you know brushing off, regurgitating, recycling an old AD that's going to come in and he's going to take over and do things the way things are always done. Here's Oliver Luck again. It, precisely. Look, always it, you have to change. You have to evolve and have to adapt and. I think that this is a look. I know nothing about the dude. Mm-hmm. I see his resume. I think it's a brilliant hire. He might fall on his face, but I applaud the Big Twelve for at least, you know, trying to do something different, trying to get a foothold, because the Big Twelve right now is kind of in 
I think they're going to be fine. Right. I do. Right. I think they're going to be fine. But having this guy that maybe can come up with another branch of uh, financing financing that somebody would have overlooked or opportunities for your schools, um, this is, I think, a really good idea. The dude got the ACC basketball term, which is a huge deal every single year in the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. And he got it at the Barclays Center. Right. I mean, he was the one that did that. He has done different things. Mm-hmm. He's been able to find different marketing arms. He is a guy that will gets people to say that. yes. You know, every year when we come up for basketball to the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, and it kind of comes and goes with mm-hmm. the whimper. Is there something more that can be done? What else is out there? What can you build? What can you do it? Do it in a different way, exactly like you said, because the Big Twelve is going to have to do it a different way. Yeah. They're not going to be able to keep up. Look, nobody's going to be able to keep up with the SEC and the Big Ten no, financially. No, But you're going to have to do things because you're still going up against those schools. You're still ultimately playing for the same championship. And a guy like that that can find different revenue streams, different ways to do things, different ways to promote, yeah, that's absolutely a good thing. I thought ultimately they were going to go the tried and true route. Right. They were going to go That was the easy back. way. But they went a different uh-huh. direction here. And on the surface... Absolutely. I, I like the idea. I want to see what's new. I want to see what's innovative. And I want to see what he can do for this conference going forward. Because basketball-wise, it's still going to be great. I think football's going to be fine. Football's going to be entertaining. Uh-huh. It's going to be incredibly good because you have 12 schools that, for the most part, are almost on an even playing surface. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have 12 programs. There is no Oklahoma and Texas that are the behemoths. There is nobody that outspends everybody else right. by a crazy, crazy amount. And because of that, it's going to be competitive. And the wild swings that we're going to see, we're going to see those teams that go from 5-7 and seven to 10-2 and two year after year and those kind of wild swings that you're going to get. It's going to be as wide open of a major conference as maybe we've ever seen. I, I love it. Uh, the, the, the one thing that's uh, kind of lingering out there, who, who are – what's the school that uh, that's going to supplant Texas, right? Iowa State loves to beat Texas. Kansas loves to beat Texas. And they did last year. And they did last year. Um, but when you beat Texas or you beat Oklahoma, who's that school in the Big 12 that's going to have the target? Mm. That's, that, I mean, it's to be determined, I think. Right. You know, Oklahoma State, I guess, of recent history, yeah, probably, probably is the most successful. Yeah. But is there a whole lot of hatred for Oklahoma State? How can you, right? Yeah, Maybe you hate Gundy yeah, for he, whatever reason. He's a mullet-slinging goofball. Mm-hmm. He is different. But he's Gundy. He's a man and he's... <laughs> You know, 45 or whatever now. He's 50 now. Is he 50? Is that 10? No, it wasn't 10 years ago. Come on. Oh, yeah. He's 50. Time flies. Yes, it does. And the first segment has as well. Yes. West Virginia, they haven't kind of gained traction. Maybe it'll be Houston. You know, with Fertitta and the amount of money that he spends. They're easy to hate. Right. We know our buddy Chris Andrews hates him. Fertitta? Oh, yeah. Well, Fired him without a conversation when he took over. Yeah, they're competitors. (laughs) Uh, He owns a... a, um, what does he own? Stations? Yeah, that I think sounds he owns right. Stations, yeah. the stations properties uh, in Nevada. All right, time for another thousand dollar home run. Go to kxno.com. Once you get there, you can enter this nationwide contest with the keyword "bank." Bank at kxno.com. Your chance to win a thousand dollars. Bank at kxno.com. Bill Bender on college football. Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, at eleven oh five as the Cubbies begin a homestand here, taking it right through the uh, long weekend. I think Sunday's the getaway day, but um, lots of opportunities this week. And then uh, Brian Rilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Us sports betters, what's new as of July the first? Brian will help us with that. Miller and Condon. Underway on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 106 point details. Now back to Miller and Condon 
on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, 25 minutes before the hour of 11 on 106.3. Let's get Bill Bender in here. Saw some news uh, during the uh, break, Trent, as far as how the your favorite conference. Oh, geez. It is, as pointed out by our uh, buddy J.A. Scott. Reminded everybody about your love for the ACC. Why you got to start with the ACC when we go around all the conferences? <laughs> I'll, I'll change never get it up it. I'll, because I like to do it alphabetically. I'll do it different this year. Bill Bender joins the program, Sporting News. Uh, he joins us a whole bunch during the offseason and weekly during the football season, which is almost upon us. Uh, Bill, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. The ACC is going to do a 3-3-5 scheduling mod- model. Uh, three permanent opponents, five rotators, and of course, three non-cons. Uh, I like the fact somebody had to be first. We've got a talking point. Bill, your thoughts on the ACC scheduling? Nothing surprising. I think some other conferences may go to this model. There's nothing overly exciting about it, if we're being honest. I mean, you see who they've got reserved. You see how it's going to go. And um, I just don't know that the ACC has enough of those like timeless rivalries yeah. that we were real worried about something getting lost in the shuffle. It looks pretty clean. Yeah, what would have been the one? Miami, Florida State you wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Virginia Tech, Virginia you wanted to keep. What else am I missing, Bill? Carolina Duke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the tobacco road schools like February. each other and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, most of them, like I said, they protected Miami, Florida State. They got Clemson, Florida State protected. I mean, Florida State, they've got to play Clemson and Miami every year. Yeah. That's not going to be easy. No. I mean, that's two of the better programs in the conference. So, um you know, Pitt, Virginia Tech, that's another one that you like to protect. Yep, good one. The school's proximity and everything looks good there. You know, one thing that I like about this is that you're going to see everybody. If you play your collegiate career, you're going to see every team in your conference. Something certainly has not been the case in the ACC and to an even greater scale in the SEC. Now, there's times I think there was a 14-year gap between two conference opponents playing on each other's uh, home field. It just That's not a conference. When you're not playing each other, this is certainly a step in the right direction. But eight teams... Uh, eight games, excuse me, during the conference schedule. We continue to wait, and really the big one is the SEC, if they're going to go to nine conference games. What does this say to you about the the inventory and the chances that we see the SEC ultimately go with what the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the Big 12 have and go to nine conference games? I think they'll follow suit because it's the best path to the playoff, so to speak. I mean, you want to have equal number of games. You want those kind of things to happen, and they want to continue – Reflects the the fact that they have the strongest conference in the country. I mean, when they did 10 conference games that year that we had COVID, Mm -hmm. um, that was good for the SEC. I mean, they were able to flex their power, and they won the national championship that year, too. So I I think they'll fall in line eventually and go to a 3-6 model. It won't be the same as the SEC, but but, but it'll be very similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, the – 
It has not been confirmed yet, but multiple reports that Brett Yormark is going to be at the helm of the Big 12, replacing Bob Bowlesby. Um, look, at when Bowlesby announced his uh, retirement, I've been advocating for go outside the box, steal a page from the Pac-12, get a Klyovkov in there. What do you have to lose? Bringing in you know, a different way of looking at things after doing it seemingly the same way forever. Your thoughts on Brett Yormark? Obviously, he's got a lot on his plate, if indeed he is named. Did they do the right thing in your mind, Bill? Uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I don't know a lot about him, to be honest. So it's one of those things where the Big 12 is going to have to increase their profile in order to keep up with the Big 10, the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12. Um, you will have to do a little more homework on him. But, I mean, certainly the Pac-12, I think, has increased their profile with Klevkov, uh, who was also an interesting hire. But I think he's pushing them back in the right direction, and they're making the right hires. And they're playing pretty good basketball as well. So, you know, I, I think both of those things are uh, not mutually exclusive. Arch Manning, since we talked last, he made yeah. his commitment to Texas a surprise to some people. You look at, of course, the behemoths that were after him, Alabama, Georgia, but ultimately he's going to be part of Sark's rebuild of the Texas program. Your takeaway from that and a guy that just does it differently. I mean, he's got his uncles that are out there that have their own production company, and he sends out his first ever tweet where he's committed, and that's it. Not a whole lot. And he hasn't been a guy that's really been big into the kind of pomp and circumstance of things. Your takeaway from Arch going to Texas. I like that, for starters, as an old-school guy. It was kind of cool to see that. There was no uh, audacious ceremony, no, right. not, you know, yep. simple and to the point. Let the game do the talking, and um, and Texas has landed seven commits after Manning. Jeez. And I think that's part of it. They've shot up the number three behind Notre Dame and Ohio State on the team ranking. So and you'll see a little bit of the Arch Manning effect from that end. Um and it obviously, I think he's the most important recruit that Texas has had since uh, Vince Young. Mm. Now we'll see if that lives up to it on the field. I mean, you remember Tom Herman had some pretty good classes, too. Yeah, that's a good point. So here's a question that, that we have here where we sit is um, – Will we see Ewers or will we see Manning when uh, the Longhorns are slated to come to Jack Trice Stadium and take on Iowa State next year? I mean, the contract says they're supposed to. I get the feeling that they won't, Bill. Does, does Arch Manning ever see Ames, Iowa? Arch will. I don't know if Quinn Ewers will. Do you, know, you um, think that you Texas know. is still going to be there then? Um, You know, maybe. Okay. Uh, you know, the, if they get into – they keep saying they're going to play it out. Yeah, which, I know. You know, I mean, you're going to have a very weird conference yeah. if uh, all those other teams are in there. But, you know, I, I think the big question for Texas is, you know, it, it's kind of a win-lose situation for the Big 12. There's a potential that they could have Arch Manning for a year or two, only to watch him go to the SEC and be part of wow. Texas's entrance into the SEC whenever that is. That would be interesting. So, yeah. since we're on the quarterback uh, quarterback discussion, is there truth to this? Uh, how do you say his last name? Rashada, I believe, is how you say him. Jaden Rashada. Apparently, Miami is giving him nine point five million dollars uh, to become a hurricane. I've heard conflicting reports. Bill, have you heard anything definitively whether indeed that that is what he's going to be paid to go to the U? I mean. It's been disputed. I'm sure we'll see what the the actual numbers is. Um, if that is, that's 
absurd <laughs> for for a college kid to be making that without taking a snap. I'm sorry, I'll say it. Like people can say he's earned that, whatever. It's absurd for somebody to have not taken a snap to make nine nine and a half million dollars before they step on a college football field. It's absurd. I, I mean, in it. Yeah, and, you know, Miami's going to be a major player in NIL. I understand that. This kid may be very good. I'm not putting anything on him. I mean, it, 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 it's just part of a system that, if that's the case, the system won't, it won't be long before it's broken. Watching quarterback recruiting and what is turned into at this point in time, from Malachi Nelson now at USC to Amaleva that commits for apparently $7 million to Tennessee. You got all these big-time names out there and the trickle-down effect that that it's leading to. I just wonder, is this something that we just have to become the norm? Are we still settling in? Are we still figuring out exactly what inducements, what NIL is going to be? Is this what we're going to be looking at in another five, six, seven years? I mean, you hope that like there'll be some safeguards or some legislation around how it's handled. Rather, I don't know if it's a salary cap or what, but yeah, I mean, I, I keep saying at what point does the general student population start to look at this and be like, what is that? And I get how much the football players make for the university, don't get me wrong, but, you know, what What every other normal student pays tuition too. So if, if you're making that much money, at what point should you be paying for your own school? And, and these are questions that are going to come up as these numbers go up because I think, like I said, nine and a half million—that's absurd. <laughs> there, there, there's no way, and it hasn't been confirmed. And obviously, he yeah. came out and said it wasn't true, but we'll see. Yeah, Bill, uh, as, as you've done your homework and anticipation for this season, um, give me give me a team that's way flying under the radar that um, that that's caught your eye for whatever reason. Look, I think West Virginia is going to be better. In, in the Big 12, I don't think they can win, but I think they're going to be way better than you know where they're picked, which is ninth when it comes to odds. Do you have a team like that that, you, that you're eyeing that's, uh, that for whatever reason, you like, but nobody else seems to? No, I mean, they're one. I think in the, the Big 12, Kansas State's kind of in that same boat where they, they're just kind of quietly coming along, but that's a good program and uh, doing pretty well. I think Washington State, has an interesting quarterback in Cam Ward that comes over from Incarnate Word where he threw 47 touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a guy early in the season that you're like, where did that guy come from? Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, not really. I mean, I'm kind of sketching out our bold projections now, and they're going to look really, it's almost like a copy-paste type deal. I mean, most <laughs> of the powers that be are near the top. Well, speaking of those powers, Oklahoma certainly been the power in the Big 12 but it's a new look sooner after Lincoln Riley departs for USC. Brent Venables, longtime assistant at Oklahoma and Clemson, he takes over. Just trying to figure out how this looks. It just it feels so different than what we've grown accustomed to, going back to obviously what Stoops did, building things back up, and now Lincoln Riley. Venables, at least in year number one for the interim, how's this program? Are they back to 10 and 2, 11 and 1 good, or maybe is this more like a 9 and 3 team and everybody else is right there with them uh, towards the top of the standings? I think Lincoln Riley's team's going to be really good, and I think Oklahoma's going to be really good. You know, I think Oklahoma's almost being undervalued in the Big 12 with, with Dylan Gabriel and everything that they have mm-hmm. with him coming back. I think Lincoln Riley, you know, it's tough. I mean, in these bull projections, I want to put them really high. I've talked to some people that think they're going to be a playoff team. But I, I'm always cautious on that. I think you have to have a recruiting cycle or two. Although, I mean, USC, 
best quarterback running back receiver tandem in the country. Ohio State and Alabama make case there too, but mm-hmm. it's right up there with them in terms of just those three positions. Bill, this time last year we were talking about a group of five team. Is this going to be the – no, there's no way in hell. They'll never get in. I tried to tell you last summer. Uh, but Cincinnati was that team that, that got in, and um, I don't see – uh, history repeating itself. Certainly not this year, Bill. A, who is the best group of five? Is it still Cincinnati? And, I mean, is there is there a path two years in a row? Uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is going to still be a player in that conversation. I think um, Houston obviously has some guys yeah. coming back around Clayton Toon. I like Coastal with, with Grayson McCall, and, uh, you know, they're going to have to contend with App State. App State, but, yep. I think it's just too hard to do that consistently in the four-team era. Um, you know, what Cincinnati did was remarkable and commendable, but they just lost nine guys to the NFL, and it's going to be really hard to duplicate that. Uh, do you off the top of your head know where you've got Iowa and Iowa State pegged for the postseason? Do you remember that? Or are we going to have to wait? Uh, let me look. I could, if you give me like two seconds. Yeah, take two seconds. But I, 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 I have them both in a bowl game. Um, I haven't published this yet, so I'll give you guys a teaser. I got uh, Iowa going to the Tampa Bay Bowl and playing Ole Miss. There you go. And then okay. Iowa State versus Nebraska in the guaranteed rate bowl. You know what? Got some old big eight members. You guys take that all back. In yes. a heartbeat. In a heart. Nebraska finally getting back to postseason and taking on their uh, former Big Ten rival, uh, Iowa State. That would be outstanding. Outstanding. Hey, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. When's that coming out? Uh, hopefully this week. I was just t- Now, that could change because I'm still fiddling with it, but that's what I have right now. And uh, those are always fun to look at for sure. Indeed they are. We'll talk to you in, uh, down the road, Bill. Have a great fourth. We'll talk to you uh, shortly after that. Thank you, Bill Bender. You guys too. Yep. Thanks so much. Good to hear from you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. That would be fun. Sign me up. Where's, where, when, where can we sign for that? You one? know what? I mean, when I heard she said the teams, I, I think I talked over them. Never. We say guaranteed rate? Yes. Down in Arizona? Yeah, all right. You can be talking to Hell a trip yeah. down there. Uh, last time I saw a bowl game in Arizona was Iowa State, Minnesota. I was uh, looking at Bill Connolly, the excellent analytic He's writer, great. over at ESPN.com. Yeah. And when we talk about Oklahoma, his piece on Oklahoma and the Big 12 as a whole. Bowl percentage odds for each of the Big 12 teams. All right, Oklahoma, 99% chance. Mm-hmm. The second, Oklahoma State. No, check that. Baylor at 94%. 92 for Oklahoma State, Texas 89%, but the one we worry about, Iowa State. 69% chance of being bowl eligible. You know what? Um, I, I think that's fair. I, I think it is. I know Phil Still, I, I, I look through, they've got, he's got them picked fifth. Fifth? Fifth, I think um, K-State and them, both fifth. Speaking of that, we got our Phil Steele. Yes, I had an Athlon do. a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't bring this up to you. So they have Athlon that are projected Big 12 standings throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. He has two teams at the top. Baylor-Oklahoma playing for the championship. Both teams, though, finishing with 6-3 and three conference records. Then you have Oklahoma State, Texas, K-State, Iowa State, and West Virginia. Five teams at 5-4. and four. You think it's going to be that cobbled together? It's going to be that close at the top? There's not going to be anybody that separates? That's kind of why I wonder about Oklahoma. Are they six and three in the conference? Or are they? I don't. One? Yeah. Look, Steele's kind of the same way. He's got two teams. Um, well, what has he got? Let me, let me find it. Um, 
Give me 30 seconds. Like Bender had, give him 30. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll beat Bill. So well, because got... if, it, if it plays out in that fashion, I mean, you're right away, you're talking about multiple losses early in the season. You're out of the college football conversation. Absolutely. But the race to get to the conference championship game, that be would be incredibly be great. Know your tiebreakers. Oklahoma, <laughs> Baylor, he's got it. The, no, Oklahoma won. And then tied for second, he has Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas. And then tied for fifth, K-State, mm-hmm. Iowa State. He's got Iowa pick second uh, behind Wisconsin in the Big Ten West for what it is worth. All right, Iowa back to Tampa Bay. Ah, they know it well. They do. They do. It's a fun place. We'll take a time out, come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon, but uh, oh, we got to do this during the break. Mm-hmm. Right, we'll tell you about DraftKings during this live read opportunity. It's uh, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. In .net. Almost 30 minutes. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes. Hour number one. Second hour. Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs, will join us. And then Brian DeRilco from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. July the 1st will be here. There are some changes on the horizon when it comes to sports wagering in our state. So we'll pick Brian's brain before we uh, pick Trent's brain as far as your plays of the day. So last night you Mm -hmm. were doing... High school baseball at Southeast Polk and who? Dowling? Uh, Urbandale. Urbandale. Yeah, my first look at the Jayhawks this season, Sam Harris, who's a junior uh, first baseman and their top pitcher this year. He's been committed to Duke since his freshman year. How about that? He is an outstanding player. And he hit, and apparently a pretty good student, too. <laughs> yeah, he hit one of the hardest hit balls I've ever seen at the high school level. I mean, I've done hundreds of games, and he absolutely demolished the mm-hmm. pitch and also had a little bat flip <laughs> afterwards <laughs> as he tried it around the bases. 3-2 Urbandale won my first look at the Jayhawks. I'm going to get my first look at Waukee High. Coach Dirks, one of the few coaches that stayed at Waukee and didn't go to Northwest. He's got an excellent team. I'll see them tomorrow night against number one Johnston. That should be a fun oh, one good. at 7 o'clock. But I'm bringing the equipment in last night. And who do I see right past the opening entrance there? It was senior night for softball, which was going on at the same time. So tons of people there sitting on a park bench just talking to an older gentleman, Caden Proctor. Ah, now he's Give us the inside info, TC. Hard to miss. So I bet. <laughs> when Valley was out there a couple weeks ago, we had some intel that said he was wearing an Alabama shirt. Again, he was wearing red. He was wearing an Arkansas State shirt. Oh. Of course, he went to an official visit yes, there. His quarterback, yeah. Jackson Daly, is down now getting ready to play in the Sun Belt. It'll be his freshman season this year. No Hawkeye gear, though, for Caden Proctor after his official visit. Read into that what you will. He was wearing mm. Arkansas State gear. Last night at the game, man, he is just very fishy, a behemoth. Though. Oh, I bet he is a mountain of a man, and he moves so well. So John Lamb was sitting in with us yesterday. Mm-hmm. Caden went through his basketball program when he was a youngster, knowing that he was going to be an offensive lineman. But he said he was just—it was remarkable watching a guy, especially when you're in eighth grade, when you're not all the way developed. You know, a lot of times, kind of clumsy yeah, at that age for right. a big guy. That was not the case. You could see right away with his feet that there was something special. And he said, we love you in our basketball program. You know ultimately <laughs> where you're going to be. <laughs> football is what it's going to be for Caden Proctor. But just good seeing him out there supporting you know, his classmates and everything else. It's, it's not big time. And that's what you continue to hear it's about Caden school. Proctor. Take advantage yes, of it, right? Yes, do those kind of things. Back to our conversation with Arch Manning, there's a lot of people that believe, and especially if Ewers does have a really good season this year, if he throws 38 touchdowns and leads Texas, say, to a 9-3, and 10-2 type season, he's just going to finish up his year. He's not going to go in for spring or anything like that. That's what Peyton did. And Peyton had to battle a pretty big name himself. Yes. 
Todd Helton. Yeah, that's who ended up taking the job uh-huh. from his freshman cam- campaign. And Same they're great friends, Eli. by the way. Yeah, it, to Eli, this day, Eli didn't just get handed the job at Ole Miss. Maybe the uncles will say, mm-hmm. "Enjoy your last year. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the starter from day one." It, yes, we're talking different eras. That's mm-hmm. twenty year, twenty five years ago, as opposed to today. But I think those uncles will be able to help out quite a bit. Yeah, with those questions. I, in fact, I saw Peyton was uh, was at the Manning passing camp where Spencer Petras was. Correct? He did. He and fired a rocket. Will they let him do that in a real game? Uh, yes, they will, Trent. They, they will this year. He's he's going to surprise you. I saw him thrown against air. He's got my attention. Uh-huh. Uh, but I saw an interview with Peyton Manning, and uh, he basically said the same thing. He was, you know, proud of his nephew for not doing the whole hat thing, and that's kind of how he. Uh, coined it the hat thing. You just this is where I'm going. This is my decision, and here it is, whether you like it or not. All right, hour number two coming up. We are going to talk to Alex Cohen to kick things off. I Cubs started a big homestand uh, tonight. Uh, we'll talk to the voice of the Iowa Cubs, and then Brian Rilko from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. Then we're in Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO.